You're listening to the Headhunting Housewives podcast with Diane O'Brien, episode number 31. Good morning, Headhunting Housewives. It's your recruiter, Diane O'Brien. It is Monday morning in February, in fact, the first Monday in February. And I'm excited to talk to you all this morning because January was such a great month. Uh, January was so fun. As you know, I started the podcast, I guess, late last year around the holidays and very slowly got into this. And January, I really stepped things up because I was trying to make an effort every morning to focus uh, on this more than my recruiting business. In the past, when I've done mentoring, that was often difficult because you know, in business, I've often put my focus on where I'm finding the most money is coming in. And definitely on the client side, that's how I focus my Monday morning, where I put my attention. I'd have different jobs at my desk, whatever client was paying me the most, unless sometimes they're the ones I like the most. It might have been a lower pay scale, but <laughs> but I kept it fun. But for the most part, I was making sure that the uh, the jobs and clients that were making the most money that I was on retainer is where I would put my time. Um, so often, I've always had this mentoring in the background to take on, cl- uh, well, I don't say clients, um, but students or mentees, however you want to say it, uh, one at a time and um, and help them that way. But it would often fall off my to-do list because of the money, to be honest, right? It wasn't making enough money. So I would spend my time more on the other area. Um, but what's nice, what I'm learning right now, and I had to uh, really thank kind of some coaches and advisors out there, that my mindset has really shifted um, this past, I guess, months or just over time and then learning from, again, advisors that have done it a better way. Um, and what I've realized is that I've always thought that helping someone one-on-one was the best way to do it. And I still enjoy that one-on-one session uh, working with somebody because you really need to know them more personally, I feel, to typically help them. However, the group session, what is nice about that, you can still help someone one-on-one, but in working with a group of people that can support each other, um, it really kind of does something special that when you pull yourself out and the magic kind of continues to happen and you don't know why, you just kind of trust the process. And I've seen this a lot in hiring candidates. For instance, whenever I've hired teams of people, especially for sales teams or recruiting teams, um, the buddy system I had learned, you know, long ago was a really great, great way to start new people out. So instead of being alone, um, even though they'll be alone in their territory and alone, in, you know, um, in their responsibility, inevitably, um, inevitably, uh, we're kind of alone at this life thing in many ways at the end of the day. But as you're going at it, if you can have a support system, obviously we're like this in our personal life, you have a support system around you, you're a lot able to handle the tough spots and to focus more your eye on the ball to go for the success you want. And that's so true in business too. If you have a partner you might be starting out with, like an accountability partner, if you're working out, maybe you have someone you meet at the gym to make sure you stay on track. I found to be really true as well in recruiting when I'm hiring people, but now I'm realizing even more when mentoring that instead of just being one-on-one and I can't always be that person just because of time and my priorities and where I have to focus with family and all the other obligations. But there are many people out there in the same spot that you are that um, can kind of show up on a daily, weekly basis where for me, you know, in my coaching sessions one-on-one, I would show up weekly, um, but then it would kind of drift off more to uh, maybe monthly because of, again, it's the time's sake. 
So what I'm realizing as I'm putting this together, uh, this new program for everyone together into Q, and I really want to thank my mentees that I'm working with right now, my volunteers for Free Friday. By the way, I only have one spot left. So um, if there's one more person that wants to be volunteered, it's a free mentoring session as long as you're okay with me sharing it for teaching purposes. Because again, I'm moving to a group model, which is newer for me. Um, and But what I'm finding is that People are coming to me out of the work, woodwork right now. I think a lot from this podcast listeners, and of course, people always found me on YouTube or from my book, Work From Home Headhunter. And the one thing I was lacking, I believe, the past years when I would get lots of questions and needing help, you know, I wasn't available to everybody at the time they needed it. I was doing my own thing, really. But now, as I'm finding a lot more women um, that I'm attracting, uh, I'm able to put you all together in small groups, you know, five to 10 women or men there, I've gotten men as well come out, um, that need help. But I'm really focusing on the women because, you know, you've always typically wanted to work from home, you know, at least more than maybe my men that I work with that love being out in the world and going to an office and leaving the house where I know you women like myself, the reason I got in recruiting, you want to work from home. You want flexibility. You don't want someone telling you your schedule. We know that if our kid is sick and there's a million dollar contract, and I'm just using million dollar to, you know, to give emphasis, it's probably in reality it was maybe a 30,000 contract or $60,000 contract. But if your kid's sick, the contract doesn't matter, right? You, the kid wins. Love wins over money um, and your priorities when it comes to family. So what was always so great about recruiting is that I could always choose family and my priorities. And and uh, that's what's so great about this job, you know, where in coaching right now, for me, the one part that I was missing, like I mentioned, was not being able to be there one-on-one. People needed me. There'd be too many people and only one of me. The secret I found as finally, I, I think I feel like I finally figured out is that it's not only me. It's basically when women are coming together to support each other, I might lead a little group for a minute, but then they can take over and help work together on the topic at hand and their focus. And the interesting thing I found, thing I found, I found this years ago when I was doing mentoring, um, but also uh, more recently, is the questions and your pain points are the same. So, you know, the first thing I did when I coached way back when, or now coaching uh, students now, is ask before we, you know, before we kind of get going, what are your pain points? What are the top three areas you're needing, you're needing help? Let me know in order of priority. That way. When I used to jump on calls or even, you know, now recently, like on Friday, you know, I have three areas to focus on to really get into solving their problems or helping them solve their own problems in many ways. But, you know, start with the biggest pain point, the number one thing and go down from there. And a lot of them seem very similar. I mean, the number one thing that always comes over, it feels like, is around the getting client side. And this is especially true for my entrepreneurs. I'm attracting a lot more of you entrepreneur women than ever before. I think the last go round was more on the recruiting side. And that was sometimes I've almost a tougher time just teaching straight up recruiting because it is very more tactical and in the weeds. And I almost forget how I do a lot of the stuff I naturally do, but that needs to be taught often, you know, for you to kind of learn all the tools and the skill sets to be just a straight up recruiter for you housewives that are brand new to it. However, the recruiters I'm finding that have already been recruiters for a while and they're now entrepreneurs and have started their own business, had their own LLC, already have a few clients, but want to grow. That's what I seem to be finding more of. And um, you're asking me still though, how do you get more clients? You've done it now once or twice. You know how to kind of do it. 
but how do you keep it sustainable? How do you prioritize your clients? How do you go after the next bigger, better client and find the key decision maker quicker this time because it was so hard perhaps to get your first client? So, you know, I want to make sure I'm focusing our groups more on that, on the detail of all the kind of tricks and the tricks of the trade, the tools of the trade, the cool tools, um, the things you're doing. Like one of the things I started talking to one of the newest mentees last week about was conferences. And I don't know how much I've really talked about this in any podcast yet, but I think one of the big secrets I learned when I first got into not my own business, because I had started that a long time ago, but when I really upped my game and wanted to attract the bigger fish clients, the big secret was going to conferences. And this was back from my clean technology days um, when I started hiring more at the uh, leadership level and the C-level. And I was learning from, I think, some of the best people in the market doing it. It was also my forte even more so in a startup. So I got my original, I cut, originally I cut my teeth with a startup. It was a small company that was growing and I helped the small CEO really scale. So I even learned myself through helping him. But later then I was introduced to lots of companies in the clean technology world out in California that wanted to grow. They were all startups. These were all CEOs that were trying to figure it out. They were hiring maybe their first COO to be their partner and then their first sales teams and Luckily, I had lots of experience with sales teams, but um, but then I was really learning in my experience of um of helping a CEO and and hiring that C level and then hiring the teams that are important there, you know, at thereafter that go under them, and how to build that out. But um, well, here's I know it's a Monday because I'm talking to you, I'm watching the sunrise, but I'm losing my train of thought because I'm watching the sunrise, <laughs> probably more than my brain focused to you. So forgive me. It is Monday, people, right? But that's what we're all here for. But the point being is, what is my point? What is my point? (laughs) That, you know, you really want to focus on, you know, those pain points and helping them. That's how I learned that with my clients. And what is it to help them grow? And it's been the same true now for not just candidates, but you all um, as headhunting housewives starting their business, focusing on that client side and the conferences. Look, I talked enough to where it came back to me and to how the conferences are so important. So I was saying how conferences are great. I learned that because when you go out to these conferences, if you're not familiar, you know, let me talk a little bit about conferences here because this is a little bit of a secret and I'll dive into this deeper and actually help you figure out the best conferences to go to um, when I'm mentoring you more one-on-one because you want to be really smart. When I've mentioned conferences in the past, and I probably touched upon it in my book, and one of the students I was talking to recently that thought, oh, okay, that's like a hiring conference. Like you want me to go to conferences where they're hiring recruiters to see who's hiring people perhaps more or hiring anybody. But that's not what I'm talking about in this example. What I'm talking about is your niche, your industry niche. Like for instance, um, if it is healthcare, right? Or uh, cannabis uh, was the example that I used, which I consider healthcare right now um, for this candidate that's thinking she lives uh, near Detroit. And that's of course, cannabis is booming out there right now if you don't know. Um, and she's thinking, she heard me talk about it and is thinking that might be a good niche for her, which I think it would be great if she, um, can narrow down that even more. So like, who do you want to target within that niche and go after? So I sent her a link to a conference that's happening down in Miami in like February that I'd be going to, but I'm already on a fun trip with my sister. So I'll be out in Destin, Florida, um, working, but also having a lot of fun time with my sister out there. So I can't make that conference this year. But I wanted to send it to her and some other people that I work with and partner with to help this, that are getting in that uh, industry. 
because it's a great way of finding clients. It's a way that, again, you're not going out there, um, you know, just looking for a job like you might be thinking from your old days if you if have an employee mentality. But as a recruiter and as your own recruiting um, as an entrepreneur, you're going to go out there and attract clients. As part of that, instead of finding clients, attracting them. And I'll tell you, ladies, I was saying this to uh, Lisa. Oh, here's my puppy dog. Hello, Tucker. Good morning. Um, so I was saying that, you know, that's a great way. And we're lucky that way in women that, yeah, there's few of us in business still. But it's nice because when you go out into the sea of men, sometimes us women, we still attract attention. Like it or not, or whatever you're thinking about it, it's just, it is true. <laughs> and so, you know, it helped me, I think back in my pharmaceutical days, it helped women um, in all lines of work um, where men dominate because I think probably just looking at it, it's probably refreshing for them to talk to a woman after talking to a bunch of men. Now, unfortunately, the hard part is to gain their respect quickly and make sure that you're not attracting the attention for the wrong reason, right? So you're going to have to weed out all those men that are looking at you for the wrong reasons, which might be a lot of them in the beginning. Um, but as you're at these conferences, and especially when you gain the respect of um, the thought leaders, and if a lot of times you're partnering, like I know for me, I would actually go to these conferences with already CEO men that I was partnering with. Um, that had the respect of all the leadership and all the capital partners already out there. So that's kind of key. I did that in clean tech. And then here, even in New York, I had a venture capital partner um, that when introducing me, you know, he had a lot of respect and, um, and I was kind of coming into it the right way. Right. So, but even if you're alone out there going to your conference, um, you know, I was always cognizant of a, what I was wearing, um, being more conservative, being a woman, um, in a business place, you know, again, not to attract the wrong kind of, um, attention. And I won't go too deep in this. These are all personal choices. So do obviously do you, <laughs> but for me in business, I've, you know, I've always been, uh, conservative in dress and even the conservative in the, in the meetings after, because of course, as you know, a lot of the meetings carry over to cocktail parties and dinners. And that's of course where all the men are doing business. So often you would be there to show up to do business. So, uh, you know, be careful ladies. Like I tell my daughters now, if you're going to conference and of course, and all the after cocktail parties, uh, one drink, maybe two max and that's it. Right. Because you have to stay focused on business. Um, but anyway, that's more on the personal side. We can talk about all that inside heading a housewives if you need help or <laughs> guidance with how to navigate some of those things, but focusing on the business. And when you attract the different clients and you will attract a lot of people, um, it's really going to be on how you weed through the right clients, right? Because let's say you get 10 people, you go to a conference, you're going to collect, trust me, hundreds of business cards. I'll come back from conferences and have hundreds of business cards. You would use LinkedIn um, to LinkedIn to everybody, right? That you're thinking seemed real and that you had good conversations with. But again, out of those hundred leads, you know, there's probably 10 really good leads that were really good, maybe conversations that you had at the conference or something that you just felt in talking to that person whether it was at the conference, whether it was, you know, at a cocktail hour, whether it was at a business dinner, whether it was after it, it could have been like gambling events or different events that the conferences hold, um, whatever. You met someone that it seemed like it, it seemed like a fit. You all know why. There was a connection, right? In our business, we're all about connections. And that is where I believe you go off that gut feeling. So this is where a little bit again the secret comes in of attracting clients. So and it's not necessarily the client that you have thought is going to be the big client. It's not that big fish client that maybe, like I remember going to different conferences and the CEO would specifically target me 
to big fish clients, maybe big capital partners that were investing heavily into the company that we or he wanted to hire into. So I was helping him attract that client. This is, again, more of my business development days when I was straight up to only business development for, for CEOs. Now, of course, it's a part of what you're doing, but this is what would target people. But what I found was I could surely go in and target the person, of course, gain that contact, have that LinkedIn follow up, you know, week after week until you could set up a meeting. And then, you know, it takes your due diligence, but then you'll land the client. It might take a month or two or three, but if you do the work, um, clients will come in and it started from that first, you attracting them, but then it's you doing the work to kind of keep it going, right? Especially in the beginning. And it gets easier later, trust me. And I'll talk about that. But you have those now 10 clients from the conference. And from there, it's not, and I started to say before, it's not always the ones you think that might have the most capital or the startup funds, but I feel it's the ones that you're clicking with because this is where, again, it gets into that little, I call it kind of the ether. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's something in the air. <clears throat> you know, why, what makes a love match in a way, right? When you're in your personal side, it's not all the stuff that lined up in the resume. It's who you click with, right? It's who you're meant to be with. And Clients are like that in some ways. It's not obviously a love match, but it's a business match because you're still there's still a give and a get. There's still, you know, like uh, people I talk to call, talk about being a tit for tat. I don't really like that suggestion because I don't like that. I'm only going to give if I get. But I do agree there is a level of harmony where you're going to give first a lot, but then you receive. I like the word receive better than get. But so there is that giving and then receiving, right? Um, so. Figure out on those clients that you're attracting, which ones are feeling right to you. And then from those, that way out of that 100, you had that 10 hot list. And then from that 10, you can focus on that top five that are really in your wheelhouse and you feel that that's the ones that are gonna, you're going to connect with, you're going to do business with, it's going to be fun, it's not going to be tough. And that's how you attract these great clients. And I'll tell you, that's really worked for me because, and what I found is I think by giving by honoring, maybe I should say, my gut feeling when attracting those clients when going to conferences, it's made my life a lot easier in getting the better clients and end up inevitably making more money. It's been the easier contracts. I mean, we all know when you chase after that client that's maybe been hard to get, the contract was probably really tough to get. Probably finding the right person was tough to get. And even if you make the money at the end of the day, it probably took a lot longer and it was like pulling teeth. And if having to do it over again, if you're like at all like me, I wouldn't have. I mean, maybe at points in my life I would have because, you know, still saving money for the kid's college or paying off a mortgage or whatever it was. You put in the work and you just do it, right? (laughs) But when you get to the point that it's not about the money anymore, and if almost if you could get that mindset now, if I can... Uh, give you that mindset that'd be the number one biggest gift that pretend if you know if you're not there yet that you don't need the money but you're going after the clients that you're going to be in harmony with that you're they need what you have and you have what they need and it's a match made in heaven right and you're going to help them and you're going to serve them and meet them right where they are you're going to understand their pain points for them for your clients it'll be you know what kind of person they're looking for to help their business grow you know how to go out in the marketplace and find that person you're good at what you do and um and that's when it's kind of when the beauty and the magic happens so it really comes down i guess to like i'm always trying to talk about maybe on monday mindsets not to the tactical like this is how you do it this is the process go to the conference get 100 leads come back do the follow-up calls yada 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 do the marketing emails i feel like i'm always talking to people about those to do's and especially on the recruiting calls but at this higher level the entrepreneurs know 
that the secret, just like finding a candidate, is in between the lines. It's the feeling you're getting from that candidate, right, guys, when you're interviewing them. Are they high energy? Are you enjoying talking to them? Do they? Do you almost not want to close the call because you're having a good time, right? I can tell. I had a great call, Lisa, um, who I do my one-on-one. I'm guinea-pigging right now because I'm taking this to a group session, so I'm, I'm easing myself into this new model myself by 2Q. But it was so fun talking to her. You know, I didn't want to get off the phone. She had the energy there, right? And so I can tell that she'll be somebody that I want to go with the distance to help her hit her goals, whatever they are. I won't share her secret goals if they're 100,000 or more, or, you know, but whatever the person's goals are, I, I know I could help her. And the only um, problem I have is finding my time to help, right? <laughs> but that's what these groups are going to be for. And, and I'm going to have a system better by 2Q. But for right now, it can be these motivational things. It can be the daily podcast. And it's going to be these weekly groups I'm getting going right now in February. They're happening on a weekly basis. So sign up if you haven't yet. I'm forming them as we speak to get prepare for 2Q. So back to the secret. So when you find those five that you click with, let's say coming back from a conference, that's those are the ones you're really going to nurture. And um, they're the ones that are going to be your great clients. And from there, or just say maybe good clients, from there, you're going to find out your great ones are going to last more than just that one contract. You're going to sign that contract, hopefully at that 25, 30% level, hopefully at that retained level. But then after the first one, they're going to bring you more. It's just, you know, once you get in with a, con- with a client and it's a good fit, you know, you'll be serving them for maybe years to come. I mean, my clients I've had with me for a long, long time, some for 20 years. So that's the secret. So I always try to end when I think of it, of giving a little secret to you. And conferences might be one of the secrets that you find in your niche, if, if that is a new concept to you. And that was a game changer to me 10 years ago. And I know it's hard because you're putting money out, right? You're getting the plane ticket. And uh, again, for me, I, I found in the beginning, I found clients that paid for all that. But very quickly, I would say within a year, I was like paying for myself to go out there because I knew it was worth it. Um, and, but even then, um, to be honest, I had, I was often reimbursed by a paying client, <laughs> but I would have, like the thing is I was already putting the money on the line and I'm like, I have to pay me back. Great. I would expense it and then it would pay it. So even this day I have clients in my contracts, like you're going to pay for my expenses. Often I don't send my expenses because I hate bookkeeping, um, unless they're really big. Um, but you need to know you're going to put that skin in the game, regardless if it was reimbursed to know that you're serious about it. It's another way of you putting skin in the game and showing up. So you're going to the conference, you're paying the airline ticket. And the cool part about this is ladies, that when you go to these conferences, especially if you haven't done these, they'll become part of your annual calendar, just like your vacation. So when I started doing this, and then for a long time, and then I kind of got sick of travel and got off the conference circuit there for a while. But for years and years, um, you know, after I learned this, I would set my monthly calendar, being very heavy in the winter of going to all the fun conferences. You know, I was in Miami a lot. I was in Palm Springs, California a lot, uh, San Francisco. Um, of course, they'd have them out uh, another place I didn't hit as often, but like out in Colorado, I think I maybe did a couple out there, um, but you know, usually I focused just because I liked it was um, California when it was for a long time more, more clean tech, and then I kept focusing more in Florida all the years since because California is a hike; it's a five-hour flight, <laughs> and you have to take usually the Sunday night red eye, and then you're out there a few days. It seems like you're gone forever from your family. Florida I liked because it was fast, but it was still warm, so it continues to be a, a favorite conference place for me. Miami holds like every single conference you can find, <laughs> so. Um, now again, as I'm saying this, if you don't want to travel, so I'm speaking more to how I like to play it, there are conferences in your city. So I'm in Philadelphia. I mean, I could go to a conference every week probably, you know, but even in my niche, let's say if there was a monthly one, there's one right now and you'll, you'll start getting all these invites too. Um, 
And then later, by the way, ladies, if you want to become, if you want to get into speaking, you know, you'll get, I get speaking invites in my inbox. I haven't gotten into that at all because I'm too busy recruiting and having fun doing this, but maybe one day, but, um, but it can lead to all kinds of things from these conferences. So that's your little secret as far as going to and attracting, to learn more about attracting clients. But then again, it's going to be a lot about the work you still do and following up and how you follow up. And we'll talk about all of that um, to actually get them and then to keep them. And then I keep on loving those clients, right? I say love and I know you think of that more on your personal side. But really, when you have, I love my clients. I just do. I, you know, it's, there's all different kinds of love, obviously, and not, not in the other kind of way. But as far as what I give, I mean, that comes from a place of love. These are clients that I have to want to wanna help if I'm going to succeed for them. And I'll tell you a quick story. Even recently, I've had another client, more of a big wig client, that it took me a long time to get there. It was, you know, I like my capital partners, and then I, I like the other people I was meeting. But the CEO that I was actually partnering with to actually get the job done, I was iffy about. He was a little rough around the edges, but it was a big contract, and I was contemplating not sure if it was the right fit for me. However, um, I've done more of my research on his background and um, love kind of what he's done for the city, where his heart is. He doesn't need to be in business anymore, right? He's not making more money for money. He's really helping turn uh, a city around in his neighborhood and helping kids. And so all of of a sudden I realized he was really rough around the edges on calls. I've been on with him and, and such. However, um, he's got a good heart and he's got a right mindset. And I think the key is he just needs somebody to tell his story better and help him become a better CEO. And a lot of times us as recruiters do that because we're attracting the right candidates for those small time CEOs and we're telling their story. We're painting the picture. So you really, that's why you really need to be in simpatico with your CEO when you're hiring for them. But, um, but anyway, I've realized, no, I can definitely help this person. But until I was there, no, yeah, I kind of love this person feel that feeling, I wouldn't have been the right recruiter to get the job done because maybe I wouldn't have really wanted to help that person. And, and for me, it has to be that hard why. And my hard why is usually there's a love at the, the, the end of the day that I love what that person's doing. And so I want to help them, right? And I think in us women, we're so like that. That's why we're often that supportive role, right? Because, you know, think about your personal life. You love your husband and, and therefore you want to help him succeed. Um, you love your kids. You want to help them. You love your dog. You want to make them happy. Whoever you're loving, you want to support and give to. And it's naturally. And what's great about that is when you feel that way about your client, just like it's your family, it's like, oh, I have to go give to them today. It's a natural flow. You want to. It's enjoyable to make them happy. And so when your clients are like that, or for me now, my students, I feel that way, or bigger clients, um, uh, you know, it just makes life a beautiful thing because every day it's not about, oh, I got to do this. It makes Mondays motivating. It makes Mondays um, very different than maybe how they used to feel because you're getting up and you're excited about your work week and your Monday is not going to control you. You're going to control your Monday. So anyway, I went really long on this, especially for a Monday. I got on this thinking I'm going to make this really brief because it is Monday and Mondays are tough, but hey, who knows? Maybe this is the day you need a little extra motivation. So um, good luck on your Monday. Perfect timing because I can hear um, everyone talking more and coming down for breakfast. So I am going to go. But we'll talk more about this later in Headhunting Housewives um, and go deeper. But I hope it was helpful and have a great week. (music) 
Hey, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come join us over at headhuntinghousewives.com. It is completely free to join and we offer lots of great advice, support, and even a little inspiration. So please come join us at headhuntinghousewives.com. That is housewives with a V.com. And yes, this still is for you men as well. Hope to see you all there.